Sound the recruiting cannons. Wisconsin has another commit. Let's talk about it. Plus, we got we have a lot to talk about today. Plus, the quarterback battle, really interesting names there. Let's talk about it all in today's Locked On Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Badgers. Still recording from the cabin until I get settled, but want to thank everybody for tuning in, making Locked On Badgers one of your first listens every single day. I am your host, Ryan Herrings, as always. Um, and I want to say thank you to the everydayers, the, the people out there on the grind listening to this show every day. If you were with us yesterday, you know, we were breaking down um, big cornerback target for Wisconsin. Coming up next or tomorrow, if you're going to listen to us tomorrow, we got John Garcia Jr. coming on, breaking down our two latest commits. So, for all the everydayers out there with us every day, listen to this show. Uh, really do appreciate y'all, and let's just kind of keep it going on that front. All right, so Wisconsin has a new commit, and you know what that means. We've got to fire off the cannons. Fire let's go. the recruiting cannons. Another one is headed to Madison on Wisconsin. Let's go. Um, Tyler, what's up, my friend? Uh, late night show, let's go. Yeah, it's been it has been a rough week this week, just work-wise, trying to fit everything in. We're working on the cabin. We're doing this show. So we're doing this one late tonight, but I'm excited to do it. I got some extra caffeine in me. And let's start here. We got to start with the big news. Um, Landon Gathier, Gothier, I think it's Gothier, um, committed to the University of Wisconsin. 2024 kid, 6'3", 220 out of Green Bay, Wisconsin, mid-three-star. Had a Stanford offer, had a Minnesota offer. Not a big offer list. He's, he's the first prospect in this 2024 class. You look at uh, Matt Toyer, you look at Jensen, um, these, the, the two tight ends, Halberger. He's the first guy that feels kind of like a, we hope the evaluation is right from this coaching staff type of, a, type of a player, right? He's a mid three star, not a big offer list, in-state kid. He's, he's the first type of player where the staff has, I would say, broken from the the norm a little bit every other every other player they've gotten in the 24 class has been an obvious in my opinion like jensen's an obvious right six a six six 310 pound guy who moves like that in state you go get him the two tight ends are studs booker and stack are you kidding me a seven-year-old who's never watched football could watch those two on film and say yeah i, I those dudes go get go get those guys and Met Toyer, a 6'5 quarterback out of Texas, putting up gaudy numbers that can run and throw. Those are all obvious. This is the first one I'm really interested. I need to dive more into the film. I've watched it a little bit. I've read up on him a little bit. Um, but this is the first one where the staff has kind of gone and grabbed somebody without maybe as obvious of a, an offer list or the film. So let's jump in on film. Let's see what did we see from, uh, from Landon that we really liked here. Um, like the size, he's rangy. It definitely feels like Fickle, Trestle, they have a type, right? Uh, Heilberger is the same kind of way, kind of a longer, rangy linebacker. They want versatility. They want to be able to do a lot of different things. And maybe not typecast players as much into specific roles. You know, um, love, I love a player in high school who's playing offense, defense, special teams. He's on coverage units. That There's, there's a, a certain type of dude who's on coverage units, and then he's playing fullback, and then he's playing outside linebacker on, on a winning team, by the way. We've talked about that a lot in last year's class, too. They brought in a bunch of winners, kids on state championship teams. This uh, Landon has been a big part of Bayport's very successful football program there, so he's coming in as a winner, a lot of versatility. So watching the film, I love, um, you know, there, there's some clips there where he's pass rushing, he's bending 
really good explosiveness off the edge, but you also see him set and shed a block on the edge and run defense. You see him get back in coverage and do some read and react. So there's a lot of different things you're seeing on film from a versatility standpoint that I really like. Um, and then I just think the size and, and the speed, which does show up on film, he hits violently. Uh, you got to love a linebacker who puts people on the, on the ground. You know, there's, there's nobody moving forward after he hits them. So it's an interesting get for me. I'm excited about it. Uh, Car Spud says Badgers championship soon. Let's, let's go. Uh, yeah, let's go. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm all about that Car Spud. I, Car Spurred? I'm, I may be jacking up that name. I apologize, my friend. Uh, but thank you for jumping on the show. Tyler Romaine says, stolen from Bobby April. Oh, that's a great point, Tyler. Who's the outside? Who's the, not the outside. Who's the defensive court? I don't say who's the outside linebackers coach at Stanford. Uh, who's the defensive coordinator at Stanford? It's, it's Bobby April, who, by the way, April had a great eye for talent. So that's a, that's a great point that I hadn't considered, Tyler. Uh, this is a guy with the Stanford offer. Obviously, Bobby April knows in state pretty well. Probably already had a good feel for him while he was here. Probably something that he was looking to get to Wisconsin before um, all the coaching upheaval and he went to Stanford. Yeah, I like the commit. I like the body type. Um, there's certainly athletic upside there. And I, I also trust on this staff to develop and identify talent. So they did it at Cincinnati. I think they're going to be able to do it here. It's just interesting that this is, again, the first player where they've really gone. And this is going to be a developmental pick. You know, a player that they kind of went out on a limb for. So I, I like it. I like the pickup. I like the athleticism. Uh, the film looks good. I want to dig more into that, see if I can uh, maybe talk to one of his coaches, maybe get him on the show. So I definitely want to dig more into that. But I like what I've seen so far. And quite frankly, much like all, really all the commits in this class, there's athletic upside. Uh, there's a, a nice body frame to work with there. So I'm interested uh, Tim says Gothier looks like a more physically developed Jack Sanborn. Well, I'll take that. He he, he looks instinctive, instinctive on film. Like he hits hard. He knocks people backwards. I, I really like the film. And again, I love players who are doing a bunch of different things. So, you know, I like the versatility there, but I think more than versatility, it shows like a competitiveness. Uh, you know, there's a lot of dudes who don't want to be covering kicks, right? Because they're a star player, quote unquote, or this or that. There's a lot of dudes who, wouldn't want to play offense and defense, right? I like the guys in high school that are doing it all, that are just killing themselves for the team. I think that translates well to the college level. Tim says, uh, slightly plus athlete, good frame, instinctive and productive. 87 tackles as a junior is good. Yeah, I agree. Um, probably, I, and I agree with how you put that, Tim, slightly plus athlete. I don't think he is the, the athlete. I don't think he's an elite athlete for linebacker, but I think he's instinctive, and that allows athleticism to play out. You look at the Badger linebackers that we've had, a lot of them, it's been instincts that have allowed their athleticism to play out. Chris Orr is an example of that. I think TJ Edwards is an example of that. I think um, certainly Sanborn's an example of that. So there's nothing wrong with that. People, you know, people think you have to be an elite athlete to be a great linebacker. You can be a, a really good athlete with great instincts. And Nobody should know that better than Badger fans, how well it translates. So, yeah, it's a big pickup. I'm excited about it. Um, definitely want to watch more film, get more into it. Let's let's continue on with this conversation. Uh, Tyler Romaine says Peyton Pierce committed to Ohio State. Yeah, that's a bummer. Um, he had already cut us off the list. Peyton Pierce, a, a big-time linebacker prospect. Uh, was kind of, His film is ridiculous. And, yeah, he had cut us off the list. He had a top six that had, I think, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, uh, maybe USC, Ohio State. He's not going to be a fun one to play against if he develops. So that's a bummer for sure. All right. Uh, coming up, 
keep the comments coming. We'll, we'll discuss it. I know it's a late show, so I don't know how many people will be on here, but I appreciate everybody that is on here. Um, you guys are all kind of part of that everyday crew, which I love. Coming up, I want to talk about the quarterback scuttlebutt, right? I want to talk about Marshall Howe in the kind of quote-unquote third spot right now, what that means for Nick Evers, and why I think it's a really good thing. I think it's – I'm really excited when I saw Marshall Howe in the third spot, but it's not for the reasons you may think. I want to talk about that next on Lockdown Badgers. I'm excited about it. But first, today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Bill Bar. We haven't talked about Bill Bar for a while. But Bill Bar is my go-to um, nutritional bar, protein bar. Looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and calories. You need the best tasting protein bar ever. It's built. You got to try it. And if you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices because I'm on the wrong side of 40, but you don't want to compromise on taste because I'm kind of a taste snob, I'm, It's this is just the thing for you. Built Bars, Built Puffs, they're healthy, amazing. They taste incredible. Seriously, they are delicious. Um, and they're good for you. You got to try it. What makes them so good? 100% real chocolate, real chocolate, and unbelievable flavors. Churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream. I don't know how they do it, but a ton of protein, only 130 calories. And now you don't need to wait to get a box. Go to Walmart, go to Sam's Club, get your four bar box at Walmart in the pharmacy section, or go to Sam's Club, get your 13 bar variety pack. You can thank me later, built bar. All right, I'll just keep going here. I want to say thank you again for everybody that's tuned in. Um, let's talk quarterbacks, right? So Phil Longo, who I am trying to get on the show, I, it's there. It's right on the precipice of happening. So that's going to be an exciting one. Um, but he talked quarterbacks, right? And we've talked a lot about Nick Evers. Uh, I had someone say, hey, Ryan, I think you're writing him off. I'm not writing Nick Evers off, but I, I've been pretty high on Braden Locke from the jump, right? Well before uh, any of these practices started. And he has kind of cemented himself into the two spot. But the news came out today that Marshall Howe is really kind of the three right now. It is spring. It's super early. Um, don't read, <coughs> excuse me, don't read a ton into it, but also kind of read a little into it. And I want to talk about why I think this is a really good thing. Badger fans should, <coughs> excuse me, Badger fans should be really excited about this for two reasons. Okay. And the first has nothing to do with Marshall Howe and it has nothing to do with Nick Evers. What it has to do with is the fact that we have coaches that are really comfortable in their skin. And I can't say enough how, how good this is, like how emboldened you should feel as a Badger fan. Because Nick Evers is basically as big time of transfer prospects you're going to get. A, a star prep quarterback that transferred from Oklahoma with elite physical tools. You brought him here to Wisconsin to compete for a starting job. And you feel comfortable enough in your skin and in your ability to manage egos and in your ability to uh, protect the culture in the locker room to, you know, have a walk on and come on and say, yeah, I think uh, Marshall is my number three right now. You know, a lot of coaches and a lot of coaching staffs wouldn't do that for fear of ticking off a high maintenance transfer. Okay. And I think it's really great that we're already seeing signs that this is all meritocracy. Right. This is this is it doesn't matter where you came from, what your recruiting ranking is. It is a meritocracy. And at no spot do we see that more than Marshall Howe competing at the number three spot with Nick Evers. Marshall Howe was a walk on quarterback, came out of out of my neck of the woods, out of Connecticut, um, a really good prep school in Connecticut that also sent Wisconsin. Uh, I'm blanking on the name, the, the linebacker safety hybrid they got last year. Uh, I'm sorry, someone in the chat will, I'm sure, correct me very quickly. But 
Yeah, so it, it, he came from a really good prep school in Connecticut. And there were some whispers last year that he was actually kind of impressing as well. But be, be really excited about the fact that Phil Longo is not about is he's not about those star rankings, right? He's about who's playing the best in practice is a meritocracy. If Marshall Howe gives us the best chance of the third quarterback now, that's who he's going to be. Now, the second thing that's exciting to me about this is Marshall Howe might be, listen, this, I'm not going crazy with this. I promise. But we did just see a season where Brock Purdy like blew up in the NFL. And my bigger point is you never know where quarterbacks come from, right? So instead of being, freaked about Nick Evers or being disappointed that he's not making more of a jump, allow your mind just for a second to think, well, maybe Marshall House much better than a walk-on. Like maybe there's something there. And the quarterback is all about just getting as many darts as you can and throwing them at a dartboard. Right. And he would not uh, get, listen, I want to be super clear. I'm not saying he's in line to be a starter. I'm not getting carried away. I promise you, but there's been walk-on quarterbacks that have had great success before. It just keep that in the back back of your mind, right? Maybe there's something a little bit more there. And even if it, all it ever is, is is good quarterback depth, well, that helps the team, that helps the position, that's more competition, and it's it's more insurance in case of an injury or in case of a bad a series of injuries, right? You can never have too many good quarterbacks, too many solid quarterbacks. So be encouraged instead of discourage that Nick Evers is maybe not where you would want him to be, be encouraged that maybe Marshall Howe is better. He's picking up the offense, right? So, and then be, like I said, be encouraged by the fact that Phil Longo and his coaching staff is very clearly all about this meritocracy. And even if you were a high profile transfer quarterback that we brought you in this off season, you're not promised anything. Nobody is. And that's what you want to see as a fan. I think previously in the, in the last staff, you know, we thought there was a little too much um, loyalty to, to maybe upperclassmen, the people who have been here, maybe promises made. We always, I mean, I know I talked about it. Like, why aren't people pushing Grant Mertz more? Like, why can, why is there no competition there? And now it feels like we've really gone full throttle competition everywhere um, and made the best man win. And I want to loop it back to Nick Evers. And then I want to get into some of your comments. This is a long ways away from writing off Nick Evers. Now, <clears throat> it sounds like picking up the offense is paramount for, for Coach Longo. He's talked about it. That's why Braden Locke is the two. That's why Marshall Howe has done a good job potentially getting to the three. Just keep in mind, Nick Evers still has physical tools that nobody else on the roster does. So it's very possible. Maybe it takes him a little longer to pick up the offense, right? Which is fine because he's got basically a year in the back pocket with Tanner Mordecai. Tanner Mordecai is going to be the starter this year. But as Nick Evers potentially picks up the offense a little bit more, his physical tools give him an advantage and a leg up on the rest of the quarterbacks on the roster. So by no means write him off, but also understand that he's going to have to earn it, which is great. That's what that's, I'm sure that's what he would want to. And just maybe devote a tiny sliver in your brain somewhere that Marshall Howe is better than a typical walk-on quarterback. And that's good if nothing else for the depth of the program, the depth at quarterback. So I'm excited about it uh, for all those reasons. I think it's, it's great news to see um, how, how battling and uh, meritocracy going on. Going back to Carson, talking about the uh, Gothier pickup, seems like a, a lots of upside, even though he's the lowest ranked recruit in his class so far. Yeah, he seems like a player that every single year the Badgers previously would have five or six guys like this, mid three-star kids from the Midwest in-state, 
that you can dream on the upside a little bit, but maybe they're just a little lacking somewhere. But um, yeah, I definitely like it. I think it's a really solid pickup. I, I want to dive more into it, but I think there's upside there, uh, 100%. Ricky Bobby 77 says, Amen, Ryan. It's nice when you see the stars of their teams playing multiple ways, show what they can do, what the coaches ask, and what they want to win or what to win. Man, I'm sorry, I misread that, but he, he's basically saying the same thing I was saying, which I agree with. And thank you, Ricky Bobby, uh, for jumping into the chat. You know, you want to see high school players playing all over the field, doing whatever they can to do, whatever they can to win. And I think that translates. That's what you see on his film. Um, I, again, I love seeing star players in kickoff coverage, uh, covering punts. Not so much at the college level because I, I get terrified of fluke injuries, right? Um, and it sounds like this this staff likes to put starters on special teams, which I got to be honest, I don't love it. But we'll we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, Tim says, I think they're just trying to kick Evers in the butt a little bit. It's possible, but I don't think well, I, I So, yes, right. I, I, I certainly could see that, Tim. Uh, but I, I also just think the truth is sometimes a bit of a motivation, right? When you look up at the depth chart and you see, you know, Marshall Howe at number three. And again, I, I don't want to make more of this than I should. But when you when you're not where you think you should be, that's a bit of a motivation itself. And there doesn't need to be the coaches kind of doing any ulterior motivation there. Just put the depth chart up and that should motivate the people that aren't where they want to be. And I have no doubt that's going to do that for Nick Evers too, right? It's, I love the, the competition that they built in that room. Okay, let's see. Uh, Brian Shetty says, it's interesting that the bad signal from Fickle causes such excitement when you think of the recruits in the past and how little fanfare seemed to be. So for those who haven't been following, maybe don't follow recruiting quite as much. Uh, when we have a recruit uh, commit, you know, Luke Fickle sends out a Twitter, uh, on, on Twitter, sends out a, a, an indication that there's a commitment coming. People get excited. And Brian, I agree. It, everything social media-wise has been amped up with this program, which I, I think is fantastic. Let's see. Um, we're going to take a very quick break, get to the rest of your comments. And then I want to talk a little bit about <clears throat> the, in a previous show, I talked about the three positions I feel best about on the team. I'm going to talk about the three positions I'm, I'm most worried about on the team and get your take on that as well. That's coming up next on Locked on Badgers. All right. appreciate everybody tuning in to Locked on Badgers. Really, really do appreciate it. Um, let's talk a little bit. Let's get some more comments. And then I want to talk about the three positions on the team I'm most nervous about right now. So let's go to Zach Dornick. Uh, never been more excited for a badge football season. I think that's probably true for me too. I'm trying to think. I mean, I was, I, I mean, I was incredibly excited when Russell Wilson committed. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, I remember watching the ESPN show on him, talking about his like his decision and and walking through it. I was incredibly excited for the start of that season. I, you probably have to go back to that for me to have been this excited, though. So, yeah, I'm 100% there with you on that one. Um, Ricky Bobby says, uh, talking about Marshall, how we have a kid from a school on scholarship. Yeah, I am completely blanking on the name. It's the 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 late ad we had last year. Someone just thrown in the chat because I am not thinking of it right now. But it's the safety linebacker hybrid, really athletic, liked him a lot. Ugh. Zach Dornick says, are you going to do a meetup at the launch? Uh, we will. So, yes, we will be coming to the launch. Uh, we have uh, from 2 to 5 on the Friday before the launch. So the 21st, we're going to be at Scotty Bar. Come come say hi. We would love to talk Badgers with you. Um, it would be a blast. So absolutely do it. Ricky Bobby says, iron sharpens iron even at quarterback. Yep. Competition is always better. 
Mitch Ames says Marshall House picking up the offense quicker. The others will probably catch up. Yeah, I think they will. So that's why I said I don't want to make too much of it, right? Nick Evers is going to get better and more familiar with this offense. And when that happens, there is a chance, there's a possibility with his physical skill set, the light switch goes on and watch out, right? Like, and that's what we all want. We want him to, we want all of them to get to their best point where they're competing with each other and really pushing. So I 100% think that's going to be, are going to happen. I'm excited for it. But in the meantime, let's not write off Marshall Howell and just say it's a nothing burger. Like, I think it's exciting that he's taking advantage of this opportunity. And great quarterbacks come from everywhere. Good quarterbacks come from everywhere. Depth quarterbacks come from everywhere. So um, if, if even he's a depth quarterback, that's a win to get from a walk-on quarterback, a walk-on player. Um, Paul Buckeye says, there's a Buckeye fan in the chat. How's it going, guys? I enjoyed listening to your podcast. Interested in how Luke is doing for y'all. Sounds like things are looking up in Madison. I was happy we got a commitment from Peyton Pierce. Yeah, you should be. Oh, man. It must, Paul, like, let me know. It must be tough as a, as a Buckeye fan recruiting, right? Just like plucking. Uh, it. The Buckeyes are like that claw machine in an arcade, and they can just go down and pluck four and five-star players out and drop it into the little chute, and he rolls out in that chute into like oh, Columbus. Uh, it must be tough, man. But thank you for the the compliments saying you enjoy the podcast. Really do appreciate being here. Um, to answer your, your first question, we love Luke so far. Luke has absolutely won the offseason. Uh, Badger fans are incredibly excited. We have a huge game with you all this year. You're coming to Madison. So, Paul, man, let me know what you think of that one. Um, but, yeah, Badger fans are very excited for, for Luke Fickle and what he's done so far. Let's see. Um, Running Fox, Fox Production says, do you guys throw parties? Uh, not yet, but, uh, we will, listen, we, we will be a Scani, So I'm excited for it. I hope that, um, everybody, we can see everybody there. We're also going to have a, a kind of an informal get together Saturday before the launch also at Scani bar. Hope to see a bunch of you there as well. We would just love to meet everybody and say, thank you for supporting the show. We're going to give some stuff away. Uh, and I'm really excited for it. So I hope to see everybody there just so I can once again, say thank you. Uh, John Berger said, are you guys only doing the launch party Friday afternoon? Um, I was hoping it'd be Saturday. So yeah, like I said, I think I just answered that question, but Friday afternoon is like the live show. Saturday, we're going to do a get together. So we can meet as many people as possible. Tim, weakest positions. Here we go. I definitely want to get into um, the weakest positions. Tim is saying corner running back. If Allen goes down, Malusi is very overrated and outside linebacker, no obvious plus players. Those are that's a good list. I've, I've had concerns about all those spots. I want to start with, I let's let's do this now. Jump into it, y'all. Let me know um, what your your weakest or most concerning positions on the team are right now for you as we're kind of wrapping up spring. For me, my first one is center, and it, I didn't expect it to be center, right? Because Renfro coming in was going to solidify that. But here's the thing: Renfro missed last with injury. Now he's already in a boot. He has to learn a new system. Like he wasn't in Longo's system before. He's got new teammates around him. I thought these spring reps were really important for Renfro. I, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be the starting center. I would feel a lot better about it because there's not a lot of depth at center that we want to use there. Like we want, we want Tanner at guard. We don't want him at center. So the fact that Renfro is is hurt again after missing so much last year, it worries me. Um, so I center to me is number one. Uh, number two to me is, is defensive end. And it's not because I don't like the dudes that are there. Like Thompson and, and Rodas are really solid. Mullins, really solid, physical, stout, run-stopping defensive ends. 
I just don't know if we have a plus player there that can get to the quarterback that can, that can create a lot of penetration. And then uh, for me, my third spot, and it was corner. I want to be honest. It was corner. So Tim, I was agreeing with you there, but it's actually for me now I'm going to shift it. And it's more because I don't know we have special teams, kicker and punter. Um, we, we just don't know. Vacos coming in. He should be fine. But listen, we brought in a transfer kicker last year in Calvaroso, and he never panned out. We don't know who the punter is. Like, there's, there's a possibility that we have some special teams issues this year. And special teams issues can obviously cost you a game, especially if you're playing a tight game. You have Mad- or Ohio State coming to Madison. You have, you know, Washington, Washington State early on the road, a bad punt or a couple missed field goals. You know, that, that could be the difference in a game like that. So to me, it's going to be uh, center just because I'm worried about the Renfro injury situation and not a lot of proven depth behind him. Defensive end just because I don't know if we have a disruptive presence there. Um, but that could be Darian Barnard. He's been hurt. He just hasn't been healthy. And then um, the specialist, because we just haven't seen it, right? We, we haven't seen it in Madison. We're counting on a transfer from Ohio to be the kicker, and we're counting on somebody internal to be our punter, uh, taking over for, uh, you know, what what has been really one of the better punters in, in recent Badger history. So those are my concerns. Definitely curious to get yours. Uh, Tyler Russell says, what about Minnesota locked on Minnesota? What about the locked on Minnesota show saying the batters are overrated in 2023? Yeah, no, Tyler, I saw that. Listen, that dude, Kane Rob, he he woke up and he chose violence today. He said, not only are the Badgers overrated, he said vastly, right? He he threw the vastly out there, vastly overrated going into 2023. Um, I want to actually do kind of a whole take on that. And that's probably gonna be a different show. I'll 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 very quickly say, um, I disagree with a lot of his his points. But he he laid it out why, and I encourage people to, to listen to it and, and and draw their own conclusions. I disagree with a lot of it. I really do. But there is one point he hit on that I've talked about on the show. There are concerns installing brand new systems, offensive and defensive. I think there's going to be some growing pains. Um, hopefully not. Hopefully they don't cost the Badgers a game or two, right? I do think there's growing pains there. Things usually don't happen as seamlessly and as smooth as I think. Now. When he said the ceiling on this team is eight wins and he thinks six or seven is more likely, not with this schedule. That's Listen, the ceiling on this team is not eight wins with this schedule and Tanner Mordecai. Like, no, that's, I think that's a bad take. Um, I want to do a whole show on that, though, or at least a whole segment on that. But, uh, Tyler, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. We're definitely going to get to that. Uh, let's see. John Berger says the greatest quarterbacks are not athletic. Brady, Manning, Montana, slow, can't jump, don't have high, strongest arms, or read defenses and throw accurate passes in under three seconds. Now, you can start to throw guys like, you know, Mahomes in there. Mahomes is, is relatively athletic and mobile. Um, but, it is, yeah, like maybe depends if you consider Lamar Jackson a great quarterback. Um, yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers certainly wasn't the most mobile and I think you're drawing that conclusion and talking about Braden Locke and Marshall Howe. And, it, you know, yeah, certainly reading defenses, knowing the offense and being accurate and quick with decisions are the most important parts of a quarterback. And that's never going to change. Now, if you can do that and be athletic, then you become then you then you become a, a headache. Right. And that's why coaches always go for that upside. That's why Nick Evers is here, because if he can combine that first part with the legs, then, then you got a problem. Also, keep in mind that the college level our athleticism plays up at the quarterback spot. You see, you see that all over college football, right? Guys that are overly athletic quarterbacks 
that can succeed at a very high level in college that don't make it in the NFL. So just consider that difference as well. We're, we're really measuring these, these quarterbacks here against that college lens and not that pro lens. And it is a little bit different. Um, Chris McIntyre says, have you considered live game day watching streams? Yes. So Chris, I don't know if you've seen any of the basketball ones we've done. We've done that. We're going to do football ones this year. We're also going to go back and watch some great past Badger games, get the community together. Let's watch the Wisconsin, Michigan state big 10 championship game. Let's go back and watch that incredible Wisconsin, Iowa regular season game. Let's go back and watch the Wisconsin Kentucky basketball game. So we're going to do that together as a community. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, so absolutely. I hope you're there, Chris, when we do that. Um, Zach Dornick says one of his, his most uh, concerning spots is the O-line. See, I, I feel pretty good about the tackles. I'm not as sure about the inside, the guards and center. Tyler Romaine says top three are defensive tackle, tight end, and defensive end. I'm worried about the D-line this year. I agree, Tyler. I'm right there. I oh, The defensive line gives me heebie-jeebies this year, man. And if you remember, if you listened to the show last year, I, I was high on the defensive line. Anchored by Benton, I thought – Rodis and, and Thompson would would step up and play a little a little bit more disruptive than they did. I'm a little low on this than this year, and I agree with Tyler. Um, also agree with his next comment. I think Barner could be a star, though. John Berger says center offensive line studs, defensive line pass rush, um, and and quarterback. Ooh, quarterback. That's spicy. John says quarterback. Mordecai was bad in every game against good teams. They completely shut him down. How will he handle pressure pressure from big D lines? That's a great point. Um, it, he's jumping up competition level. Now, one thing I've talked about, and I don't think this gets talked about enough, when a player jumps up competition, people always say, well, he was doing it against, you know, um, SWAC team, not SWAC, geez, but, um, you know, Sunbelt teams or MAC teams or, you know, whoever whoever they're talking about. And they're, they, the one thing that we don't really – talk about enough is well when he jumps up to the competition level his surrounding cast is also upgraded right so yeah he struggled against the the good teams at times but he's going to have a better offensive line a better group of skill positions and he's going to have uh, Braylon Allen and he's going to have Phil Longo right so his ecosystem around him has also been greatly upgraded um and I think that's important to remember Zach Dornick Curtis Neal is a young defensive tackle uh that has potential yeah so he's there's two guys on the defensive line. It, it's it's Neil and it's Varner. I can't wait to see. I mean, I'm listen, I, I love to see them all. I'm gonna be excited about all of them. But Neil is potentially an interior disruptor that this line needs, and Varner is potentially that outside guy they need. So those two could could really make or break that defensive line. I'm excited for that. Um let's see, let's keep going here. John Berger says, love the chat scrolling outside as well to, uh, as the bottom. Good luck. No, I, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate everybody jumping into this, by the way. This was just kind of a late show we threw together. Uh, so I really do appreciate everybody. Uh, I think that's about it. We got most of these comments in here. Tim said, I think defense line will be solid. We have a number of upperclassmen, and they've had a year with Scruggs and Collins. I think we need to eat blockers more than disrupt in two or three down systems. So I that's that's one thing that you see a lot. People say um, defense linemen need to eat up the blockers and not disrupt. And Tim, I'm not saying you're wrong on that. I'm saying that's also typically because we haven't had the disruptive defense alignment, right? I don't think a coach is ever going to say, hey, don't go get the quarterback or don't be disruptive. It's more of if you don't have the guys that can do that, then you have to fall back on, well, at the very least, let's let's take on blockers, right? Uh, I think to have an elite defense, you need a guy somewhere in that front seven that can be disruptive and that can do more than just eat up blockers. Like the last couple of years, that's been Benton. Before that, you had Henningsen. 
you know, there's there's been some real underrated Badgers defense alignment that have helped make this defense go. And it's harder if you're not getting any disruption from that front, that defense line. So I'm hoping they're able to. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but it does worry me a little bit. Um, and Ricky Bobby, we'll, we'll wrap up on this one because I love some I love me some optimism. Uh, he says, I think with the new defense line, I think with the new defense, the line will be more disruptive. Mark my words, Ryan. Um, yeah, I, I hope so. So here's the one thing. I, I'm not that type of dude who hopes I'm right if it means the team is worse off. Like, I hope I'm wrong about the defense line. And I love to eat crow. I hope they're crazy disruptive because that will mean this Badgers defense will be salty. So I, I hope you're right, man. And I'm all about it. If, if they're disruptive, that's going to make everything else better. And I'll be incredibly excited for it. So uh, B. Valterra says, Magic Wing get that five-star stone. Yeah, he's, he's, listen, Wisconsin is at least in the mix, right? And if you're in the mix, that, that's, that's all you can ask for for a five-star defense alignment. So that would be, uh, it goes without saying, <laughs> an incredible win. All right, we're going to wrap it up there. It's getting late, late on the East Coast. But I do appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, Y'all are amazing. As, you, as always, if I don't get to comments, I try to wrap them up into a live comment show where I take all them off and we'll just bang them all out because I really love what you all bring to the community. We're smarter because of it. And uh, I hope to see you all at the launch party. Let's let's get together. Let's let's drink some beer. Let's eat some wings. Let's talk, you know, great badgers of, of yesteryear and great badgers of future year. Anyway, on Wisconsin, sound those recruiting cannons. Let's go.